Namaste. As we are coming closer to the close of the series on Shirobindo's life through his poems, and last time we read what seems like to the outer eyes, last chapter, because we think that life begins with birth and closes with what is called as shedding the mortal cloak. But the mother described Shirobindo's birth as eternal birth. So neither Shubindu's work nor action, if anything, it becomes even stronger when he is freed from the limitations of the body. So we must understand that when we speak about Shurbindo. And perhaps we can ask this question, who is Shurbindo? This is a question which... <laughs> who is Shurbindo? He is... Um, is he the one who as a child had mastered so many languages? But he didn't just master languages. He took language to its original possibility to which language could be carried. Which is the mantra. Mantra is the highest possibility for any language. He took up language and lifted it to what levels? He gave a new science of philology. Wherein one could see the commonality you see, language has become a cause of division so much. You know, people fight over languages. But Shurabindu took us to the roots of the languages, especially four languages Tamil, Sanskrit, and um, Greek and Latin. And he showed that how they evolved from a common root, from a common human experience. Then he took uh, different religions and took them to that, not only their origin. When mankind carried a common aspiration, but he showed its fulfillment lies in transcending religion and not being stuck to the outer customs. So he liberated religion from its own trappings. Or the revolutionary who once again brought India back, not just to the stage where it must, but far-seeing future, by once again restoring its foundations because it was a time when when Shurbindo entered the national scene somewhere around 1902, it was a time when um, there was a tendency amongst the Indian mind, unfortunately still prevalent, that we are a weak and fallen people, we really don't understand, we are a mass of superstitions, and we are made to, uh, still the attack continues that, uh, we are a bundle of superstitions and we believe in many gods and we go to, you know, we worship the um, rocks and we worship the cow and the rivers. So, Shubindu restored the legitimate Indian pride, not the pride which comes by the ego self, but the legitimate pride I mean that what India's soul is, what is its spiritual glory and the yet greater glory towards which it must move. So, Shurbindo, as a revolutionary, is much more than simply organizing a party to fight against the British. He was equally fighting against the Indian mindset, which was not appreciated by people of those times, towards self-depreciation based on whatever they were fed, not realizing that these are the things which are meant to demoralize us. It's a very old weapon. I don't know why people couldn't see in war, one of the weapons is to demoralize the enemy. And this is as ancient as the Mahabharata or even during earlier. 
So this was the weapon used by the uh, Western powers that time, particularly the British, to make India feel that oh, you are nobody, nothing. And um, we started believing it, majority of India. So he roused them into a uh, Yagyavedi. He turned India into a Yagyavedi and out of its flame the freedom movement arose. Whatever happened subsequently, passive boycott and resistance, uh, non-violent resistance, Swadeshi, all of them, Shurbindo was the one who had laid the lines, foundations, which is already there in his writings. So is he that revolutionary who saw the soul of India? There have been revolutionaries, but the uh, one thing which Shurbindo brought out was the soul of India. That India is not just a country, it's not just a piece of land. Or is it the seer Shurbindo who saw into man's eyes and saw the future God to come? That's what we see. Looked into man's eyes and saw the future God to come. There have been seers who have seen things um, uh, which are beyond. There have been seers who have predicted that, you know, uh, war will be there, peace will be there a thousand years. But this is something which nobody saw. And yet, if we look back, it is the most logical thing that in the course of evolution, how can the evolutionary power stop with man? Especially when we agree that, um, especially those who believe that there is the divine presence in matter, how can it stop with man? So, he as a seer saw the future of man as embodying a divine life upon earth in a divine body. Not only saw it, he worked towards it. So, Shurabindu is also the hero warrior who fought on at least three fronts. One was the Indian front alone. If there is ever anybody, you know, we as children grew up on this, uh, uh, you know, artificial milk. Dubla, patla, khali hath, ladta, badshah ke saath. There was no khali hath and uh, akela... But if ever this applies to anyone, it is with Shurabindu. Except that he is not Dubla Patla. But if at all, one single person who shook the British Empire, and British Empire acknowledged that he is the most dangerous man in India. And he actually fought alone. He did not organize marches with people or protest of that kind. He didn't do any of those things. But alone... It was enough to shake the foundations of the British Empire. What happened subsequently is simply a, was a writing which was written on the wall. So he is the hero warrior who fought the India's uh, freedom struggle and in, the, uh, in a sense won it just like Sri Krishna who won the battle of Kurukshetra but subsequently events had to just unfold and instruments had to be created. He also fought for the life of the world during the first and second world war more particularly the Second World War, where the life of the world was threatened. It was not just the life of a nation, but humanity itself was threatened and he fights on that front. And then he fought against the forces of darkness which are not allowing man to uh, be released from their hard iron grip and soar into the highest realm. So, Shubindu fought on many fronts as a hero warrior. I love this uh, aspect about Shurabindu as a hero warrior. And of course he is a Yogi Yogeshwara. Why I use the word is, so why is Sri Krishna termed as Yogi Yogeshwara in the Gita? Because all the yogas that have been done so far, their essence is there in the Gita. And Sri Krishna brings them all together. 
नॉट ए सेपरेट ज्ञान योगा सेपरेट कर्म योगा सेपरेट भक्ति योगा सेपरेट राज योगा एवरीथिंग इज देयर इन द गीता इट्स ए वेरी सिंथेटिक काइंड ऑफ योगा दैट श्री कृष्णा गेव टू द अर्थ नाउ शोबिंदो कम्स विद ऑल द पॉसिबल योगिक एक्सपीरियंस एंड एंड रियलाइजेशन वन कैन एवर इमेजिन people often have the audacity of comparing it with this guru that guru all the possible realizations and this this what we have been reading everything is there and the magnum opus savitri if you read there is not a single realization which any yogi ever had which shobindo didn't have but there are plenty of experiences and realizations which shobindo had which yogis didn't have and one of them being bridging the gulf between matter and spirit nobody taught us that this inconscient what is this inconscient what is the future superconscient will it be hidden there so there were yogis who climbed and saw this great world of perfection god's perfection but it is given to shurbindo to bring down that perfection and establish it here in principle with over a period of time now this is going to unfold itself so this is shurbindo yogi yogeshwara as the avatar he opened the way towards the future so after all this who is shurbindo the mother says who can understand shurbindo <laughs> is he shiva drinking poison of the world like a bholenath ever compassionate ever benign i can't even say quick to forgive because quick to forgive is when you are angry in shurbindo's entire life he says only once he was touched by what can be called as anger that was in the jail that to it was not anger somebody pushed him from behind and he just looked at the person and he ran away from there looking at his eyes <laughs> never ever even when somebody told like that about the mother which the incidents which we have recounted he just mentioned under his breath brutes who is shouting at the mother like that that's perfect gentleman if ever there is an image of the ancient aryan ideal of rama fighting against ravana here he is challenging the british empire and all those great asuras and yet you know he is such a gentleman like a child i suppose this letter has to be posted even as a human personality i can't think of anyone greater and better example than shurbindo so the man of man the man divine <laughs> he is shurbindo even his human aspect as an avatar he opens the way to the future and yet if we ask who is shurbindo we'll have to say with the mother he didn't reveal his secret that's how the, the mother said he is an emanation of the supreme he is the avatar all that but at one place the mother says with his with her characteristic sense of subtle profound humor she says he gave my secret but he didn't reveal his secret <laughs> who is shurbindo it's worth just meditating upon and we'll be on the verge of marvelous discoveries who could plunge into the night the most compassionate you know shiva is known to be benign compassionate here is the compassion where for the sake of man if at least i know about myself i can say if i were asked whether you want to worship the supreme or shurbindo i would say shurbindo because supreme is supreme <laughs> but shurbindo becomes the bridge right from the highest and out of compassion enters into the very lowest 
That is the Shiva, Shurbindo. And Shurbindo is also Krishna, leading the march of civilization forward. He, what is his teaching? The mother summarizes very beautifully. Shurbindo came to tell us that it is possible to find God. We don't have to leave the world to find God or enter into relations with him. This is the teaching of Sri Krishna. And of course we know his identity with Sri Krishna. So what does he teach? He says he is everywhere. And if we do not find it, it is because we do not take the care to find him. So this is Shurbindo. And so much more beyond human speech and comprehension. So what did he do on 5th December? We hear about his Janma and Karma as Divya. So he did the final act, as the mother said, supreme sacrifice, where he renounced the realization in his own body to hasten the realization upon earth. There is a poem which captures it very beautifully. <clears throat> in the battle, often in the slow ages wide retreat, you see God retreats. Why should God retreat? People often say that, you know, he is, he was, he had everything. Why did he need to leave? If you ask me, ever a tragedy upon earth is Shobindo's physical withdrawal. Of course, the mother took charge. But um, why did he retreat? Because earthen men were not ready. That's how the mother explained to us. Often in the slow ages, wide retreat, on life's long bridge through time's enormous sea, I have accepted death and borne defeat. If by my fall some gain were clutched for thee, he has already explained this, that I am ready and willing to fall on the roads of time. If by my fall, so how does God's fall open the door to it? To start with his coming down itself is a fall if you really look at it like that. His fall means wherever he goes, he carries that light right into that realm. And therefore it becomes a vantage point. It's like a kind of sacrifice which is well known in ancient times. That if one human being who embodies the divine can sacrifice himself, it opens the doors of freedom to many. You know, in um, I have narrated about this, the story of... Uh, the Sikh Guru, where he said that India can gain freedom if one saint, one really holy person is ready to sacrifice his life. And his son says, but who can be better than you? And he is the one who goes and sacrifices. From the Mughals, this was a great sacrifice and India did eventually, was freed from the Mughals. Shubindu came, he freed India from the British and eventually he made the supreme strategic sacrifice. Because thus alone could the path become, pave the path. He could pave the path. To this world's inconscient power, thou hast given the right to oppose the shining passage of my soul. She levies on each step the tax of night. Doom, her unjust accountant, keeps the role. So what is the role? He says, I have come to... Free man. So he says, man, oh, oh, you want to pay on man's behalf. Okay, sir, I'll tell you. So man's countless misdeeds and few good deeds take place within my single. He shows 
This is the story of man. What is the tax? Oh, tax, it is beyond what I can count. So like ancient times, we have the story of King Shivi. He says, okay, I give myself. Will you free the dove? And Indra says, yes, then I'll free the dove. So here, Shrivindo, doom. He says, if I give myself, will you free humanity from your clutches? Yes, sir. Doom, the unjust accountant, keeps the role. Now it is finished, the dread mysterious sacrifice of God's martyred body in the world. Now is the debt paid. So paying here, God's man's debt is paying here, that debt. Around my way the titan forces press. This earth is theirs, they hold the days in fee. They are the ones who have needed the earth. And they don't want to give way. They say, you are going to displace us. It is our place. We are not going to give way easily. So, they are pressing, I am full of wounds and the fight merciless. Is it not yet the hour of victory? Everybody's wound they were taking upon themselves. Today only I was reading this uh, little account um, from mother's life. Suddenly one day the mother became very quiet and um, someone asked her mother what happened why have you become so quiet and then she shows a letter which somebody had written to her full of calumny ill will, anger hatred, spite why because you have denied me some rights of mine means something which the person wanted materially and she became very quiet. And it was, uh, ah, she vomited. And then she became quiet. So she was asked that, why did you vomit? And why? then she showed the letter. This kind of thing, we can't even imagine because we have a very nice, neat picture outside. Has man changed? We don't know. <laughs> that I can say is, let us, ourselves, at least one thing that we get from his life and the reason why we dwell into it is to develop this gratitude that here is someone who like a hero paved the way and ultimately gave himself in a strategic sacrifice so that we can walk. So the least we can have, we may not be able to walk the path and all that is fine, but the least we can have is endless gratitude, infinite gratitude. That's what the mother wrote at the Samadhi. To thee, our infinite gratitude. Because that is something which naturally should come. Walking the path, sincerity, aspiration, that flaming is not easy for human nature. But gratitude that here is somebody who did all this for us. But human ingratitude is such where we say, really, did he do it? This is human ingratitude. Even as thou wilt, what still to fade thou owest? He is not cursing man or saying, saying, even as thou wilt, what still to fate thou owest, O ancient of the worlds. Thou knowest, thou knowest. So what happened when he plunged into this darkness? So there are two ends at which we find the supermind. One is up above, in the upper hemisphere, not in the lower hemisphere. This half is ignorance. That is where the grace, the light, all that is there. 
and the same supermind is hidden inside matter like mind and life because the supreme is hidden in matter so if that opens and this resist with all its fury mankind obeying the inconscient what would happen we cannot imagine the catastrophe so he goes below on a desperate stair my feet have trod that's how shubindu writes in god's labor i saw that a falsehood was planted deep at the very root of things so he goes there and disentangles the weeds i don't know whether you have seen if there are some movies which have captured this thought of this strategic sacrifice where he goes down disentangles weeds of falsehood and darkness and death to open the door so that this supermind them from below that's what in the mother he says a fixed and unfailing aspiration that calls from below and the grace supreme grace from above that answer so that now from both sides the supramental influx starts and as a result of it we know that 1956 29 february the upper doors were also open so what happened when he went into it we cannot imagine that immense city that immense light entering into matter what would have happened there is another poem torn are the walls and the borders carved by a miserly nature it's like when krishna enters into the jail what happens all the jail locks get broken so it's a very symbolic story so he entered into the ultimate prison so what happened as a result of that entry torn are the walls and the borders carved by a miserly nature i now have burst into limitless kingdoms of sweetness and wonder breaking the fences of matter's gods and their form and their feature fallen are the barriers schemed and the vetoes are shattered asunder vetoes power that matter hold no i will not allow so the very highest enters into the densest night so the walls crumble they are shattered his body is a glow with that supramental light which suddenly surged from the depths and came from above and his body became the bridge to hold it so this is the story which goes on another place he has described it very beautifully i walked besides the water where he describes in the first part the wonderful experience the limitless peace all that that he is experiencing just read a few lines from here but all my glad expanding soul flowed satisfied around me and became the mystery of their tide as one who finds his own eternal self content needing not else beneath the spirit's firmament at one place shubhendra says i am not doing all this for myself i need nothing for myself neither the supermind nor sachidananda everything he had experienced he didn't need anything for himself he so it was satisfied supremely satisfied it knew not space it heard no more time's running feet termless fulfilled lost richly in itself complete and so it might have lain forever he could have just lived like another great himalayan yogi with plenty nice wonderful 
रिलीजन विथ थाउजेंड्स ऑफ पीपल गोइंग अरे क्या योगी हैं ही कुड हैव डन दैट बट ही एक्सपीरियंस समथिंग अबाउट मैन काइंड अबाउट अर्थ एंड सो इट माइट हैव लेन फॉर एवर बट देयर केम ए डायर इंट्रूशन रैप्ड इन मैरिड क्लाउड एंड फ्लेम सो it is darkness holding within itself those sparks of light cloud and flame so like in savitri love came to her hiding the shadow death otherwise if it's only the shadow because there is that spark of light it must be saved across the blue white moon hush of my magic seas a sudden sweeping of immense peripheries of darkness ringing lambent lusters shadowy vast <coughs> a nameless dread a power incalculable past whose feet were death whose wings were immortality there was the secret of immortality to be found feet were death the same truth planting itself in matter becomes death same truth climbing to the skies becomes immortality that's how he experiences it it's one reality its changing mind was time its heart eternity this the sphinx which is regarded as the mysterious sphinx is often some people regard it as death some people regard it as her as eternal life so if you know the secret of the sphinx then you discover immortal life if you don't know the secret then she will press upon you and finish you all opposites were there unreconciled uneased in the super mind they are all reconciled evil changes become something else here they were unreconciled struggling for victory by victory unappeased all things it bore even that which brings undying peace but secret veiled waiting for some supreme release all these possibilities hidden in the inconscient waiting for release i envisage like you know if i have to put it in the form of a puranic tale all the dark darkest beings like when narada comes they are saying lord we are also here release us from these chains release us from this darkness see this how one can understand the whole story of bhagavat comes praying to krishna i have heard you will come when will you come so he is desperately knocking and finishing all the children that one of them is krishna i can't kill him i know it for sure so he is waiting desperately when will that person will liberate me come all his life he kept meditating on krishna <laughs> when will you come and destroy me when will you come and destroy me and he would say i'll come i'll come i'll come so this is how one can that i saw the spirit of the cosmic ignorance i felt its power besiege my glorified fields of trance but now its huge enigma had a voice a cry that echoed through my oceans of felicity so what does this cry say born from abysmal depths on highest heights to float it carried all sorrow that the souls of creatures share where bliss has become sorrow 
consciousness has become unconsciousness. They need release. These are the beings he has come to release. Hard is the world redeemer's heavy task. The beings he would save are his adversaries. So they are the ones who have hidden, it's fallen, life has become death, truth has become falsehood and they are all wanting their release. So they are saying, yet hinted every rapture that the gods can bear. Sorrow, seeking for that release. O son of God, this, uh, uh, I feel something must have happened when Shubhinda went down. <laughs> Shubhinda has written everything even about <laughs> What would have happened? Nobody knows what happened when he went down. This what is my way of looking at it. Happened. That all these beings in the densest darkness, seeking release, they are telling him as he is coming down, we cannot imagine what that cosmic event would have been. There are people who saw certain interesting phenomena. Some people saw that he is rising out of an immense dark inconsciency. There were people who felt all their problems have been taken away. There are so many interesting experiences. <clears throat> so, O son of God who camest into my blackest night, to sound and know its gulfs and bring the immortal light. So we have read Pilgrim of the Night, that he goes into the night. So what did the night say? How did it respond? Into the passion of its darkness, castest thou man's fate, for thy soul's freedom and its magic are four feet. You be sure. I am going to four feet. All that. Renouncing the high pain that gave thee mortal birth. And made thy soul a seeker on the common earth. You could have easily escaped all this snare. Why are you coming? Son of God. You know, see son of God is a very interesting. In Christianity, son of God is the name for the avatar. Son of God. So he is God's delegate in humanity. So the avatar has come. He says, why have you renounced that glory and you have come into this darkness? When first the eternal cast himself abroad to be, his own unimaginable multiplicity, expressing in time and shape what timelessly was there, the mighty mother stood alone in diamond air, and took into her that Godhead streaming from above and worlds of her endless beauty and delight and love leaped from her fathomless heart. This poem is incomplete. But there is another poem, A Strong Son of Lighting, where we see the magical effects. First is, he came down. A strong son of lightning came down to the earth with fire feet of swiftness splendid. And what happens? When he comes and works, the old tablets clanging fell. There is the seat. All the old tablets are preserved there. You know, you remember when laws change. So this many people are experiencing nowadays. Everything has changed for good, fortunately. But there are people who say, no, sir. It has happened. I have experienced it when I went to one of the, uh, you know, I won't say where I went anyways. So I told them, they said, no, no, but there are all the rigmarole, this you have to bring, that you have to bring, this, that, hundred things. So I said, but see, I have gone to the website, it doesn't mention any of these things. Now it is as simple as that. So they had not gone to the website, they didn't know that laws have changed. 
So they were little shaken. They said, okay, you come to our head, whoever was the head. So I went there. I said, see, this is what the website says. You are following a very old archaic system. He said, sir, can you come tomorrow? <laughs> and next day everything was done because everything was made so easy and simple. But the old system was continuing. So there are the old tablets, the laws which were necessary at one point of time. The old tablets clanging fell. Ancient slow nature's dead wall was rent asunder. God renewed himself in a world of young beauty, thought and flame. God was wearing an old dress. Suddenly says, I want a new dress. So nature has to provide the dress. So nature has to make a dress. It doesn't know with what material. It says, I have only the old material with me. So God says, wait. Divine Mother will give you the new material. And that is the event that eventually she gives the new material, the supramental substance integrated with nature. Now it is that raiment. That's what is meant when it is said, Shurabindo, he said that he will come in the first supramental body created in the supramental way. That means no more with birth. So that new body, he must have said, yes, I want a new dress for myself. And nature would have said helplessly, sir, I have only this old stock. Wait. She is bringing a new material with her. Wait for a while and stitch for me a new dress, a new world. Divine voices spoke on men's lips as a result of that. The heart woke to white dawns and gleaming wonder. Ear, a robe of splendor, breath, a joy, life, a godlike came. So, all this um, new process started. So, as we know, this inconscient is a very interesting thing. Just as in superconscient, you have all the possibilities, but they are unmanifest. In inconscient, also you have all the possibilities. In a state of chaos, it's like they've all been thrown into it, hidden inside. Now they have to manifest through a process of evolution. So that's what the inconscient. It's not like black and white. It's the black which hides the white within it. That is the difference. So when we speak of black and white, then we create two eternal opposites. The gods and the titans. They are fighting forever. But you see that some stories are so interesting. One of them is where uh, Vishnu as the Vaman avatar, he presses on King Bali and he says, from now on, I will be the guardian, the Dwarpal of your kingdom in Patalok. It's something amazing. It's one of the stories which always made me feel that there is some deeper truth within it. It's not as it is shown usually. So when he becomes a guardian, means in the subconscious too, he has created gates and checkposts that these forces cannot enter. It's possible. So that's why even the gods could not enter when they tried to do it with arrogance. Because King Bali's kingdom is guarded below by the Lord himself. So it's a wonderful story and once a year it does come out. That's how the story goes. So the inconscient is not about black and white, but white hidden in black. Life hidden in the cowl of death. Bliss hidden in a state of suffering. That's why this transformation is required. If it was not so, then there was nothing to be done but Chal khusro ghar aapne, rena bhai bides. This is always forever doomed and that is forever wonderful. But because this is hidden, therefore it can be transformed. So here is a poem. 
the inconscient out of a seeming void and dark winged sleep of dim inconscient infinity it is the shadow of the infinite therefore it seems endless and infinite the only way one can tackle it is by eventually <laughs> by changing it into the bright infinity it is meant to be there is nothing else you can do because if you fight it is endless that fight can go on that's why you know the asuras keep coming in new shapes and man has a role here because man harbors both he has his body is the inconscient has built it whereas he has in him something which has come from descended here unhappy and sublime from the swarlok from the overmind so they, that's why human body is the human being is the battle where the battle is fought some huge somnambulist in oh a power arose from the insentient sleep a flame wall of magician energy so this is how the creation starts matter starts somnambulist energy it looks like it is sleeping mechanical and yet it creates such a wonderful world even material world itself is amazing some huge somnambulist intelligence devising without thought process and plan arrayed the burning stars magnificence the living bodies of beasts and the brain of man what stark necessity or ordered chance became alive to know the cosmic whole so he is reminding us that you know if it's all just a chance necessity when we look at the galaxy my god the way they spin the way if you look at these images somewhat fortunately nowadays we have these images when you look at these images seen through now we'll get even better because there is something better than the hubble which has gone into space it's just amazing it's impossible to even accept that it is all just random chance and all this has happened magnificent vast universe and how it is still forming itself it's not yet over it's work in progress wherever you go vishwakarma is written work in progress work in progress work in progress and maximum work in progress is upon earth what magic of numbers what mechanic dance if you look at patterns and the way numbers repeat themselves a whole science to be studied how these numbers repeat themselves in everything there is a pattern and based on that this world has come up developed consciousness assumed a soul so he reveals us this truth the darkness was the omnipotence abode hood of omniscience a blind mask of god so it is god who hid himself inside this darkness and we were terror stricken so what was he really doing by so called terrorizing us reminding us grow in strength grow in power grow in grow in wisdom grow in love so this is what is the game that he reveals to us and probably we can read just one more poem how the forces would have felt when shubindos physical withdrawal lot of people you know very leave but if you look at from 1950 to 1955 it was a very difficult time for the world and the mother even declared it the most difficult periods many times the world was on the brink of another war she had to manage everything so <clears throat> there is there are two poems the death of a god and we must remember it because even now there will be tendencies 
now that the physical presence or so people believe our belief creates reality to an extent so one begins to live life in one's own way the death of a god every time physically there is a withdrawal of the avatar from the scene there is this tendency for things to try to collapse back it doesn't succeed because there is something the avatar has left you see at the end of the mahabharata you have kali coming and there is that cow it says all my see this this was one of the enigmatic stories for me but i used to say see krishna came he just went why is the cow lame she is standing only on one feet she says dharma is destroyed because now the kali age has come so if you look at start looking at it logically so you will almost feel that krishna's coming and departure led to kali now the enigma is krishna knew that in the cycle of time kali yuga has to come so how will man hold on because dharma this is what is going to happen to dharma you know that story of the cow no with one feet she is standing and king parikshit asks who has done this to you he says that i am dharma and everything i have lost it's only on faith that i am standing so he says who has done this he says kali so he says where is kali and the spirit of kali appears he is a tremendous king and he says i am going to kill you he says if you kill me i too need a place to stay i want some place to stay so he asked where do you want to stay he says wherever there is gold so he says okay you stay wherever there is gold since then he entered the first the crown of the king parikshit after which he put that snake on on shringirishi and he went to casinos they were not yet built so he created a whole country where casinos will be there in plenty because he wants to stay somewhere no wherever there was finances and market and wherever there was politics these were the places kali said now i am at rest from here i am going to govern the world that's how mother said that these are the two most resistant things but it doesn't work out shobindo says that because of shri krishna india was saved from disaster and he gives an example that the might of arjuna and his heroism sent such vibrations into history that from 5000 years till 2500 years india was protected from foreign invasion this is part of history we never understand like this lineage of kings where the uh, savages not around they were there but because he had released such a strong true kshatriya power into countless kings whose names we do not know and he says because of that and that actually continued even during the mogal and the british empire the last spark of krishna's action finished when with the pyre last spark on the fire of pyre of rani lakshmi bai that was the kind of energy he had released into this world so through the kaliyuga shri krishna gave the gita and the chhatratesh to steer it and shurbindo to steer us through all this give us savitri and the new consciousness but how the forces would have reacted not knowing arise now tread out the fire scatter the ashes of a god through the stars forget to hope and aspire let us paint our prison let us strengthen its bars lo now he is dead and the greatness that cumbered the world and time's ways has vanished like a golden shadow 
thrust out from the anguish of the ages. The glory and burden, the sunlight and the passion have left our days. Once more we can wear the grey livery of death and gather in his wages. All that drew back from his splendor, fleeing as ashamed from the light and the beauty and invincible sweetness, now returns wanting their darkness and littleness. This fret of life's fever, it's cruel and sad incompleteness. Arise, tread out the fire. Scatter the ashes of a god through the stars. Forget to hope and aspire. He is dead and his greatness that cumbered the world has vanished like a golden shadow from the ages. Earth is free from fire and stress, left to the joy of her smallness, rid of his mighty spirit at last. All that is false and wry and little are free to follow their nature once more. Close time's brilliant pages. Give back to man's life the old tables, its dullies, its bowed greyness, greyness restored. You may think, where did all this happen? It happened. Even here it happened. Some of those who were seemingly so close on whom Shurvinder had poured endless love just went away. And this is in spite of mother being present. She took all that burden that time. Thanks to her, she just... She knew what's going to come and she had to now play two roles. She says that. Earlier she said, I could just be busy with the people and organizing the ashram life. And I knew that he is managing all the rest. He had given him her charge of the ashram. Now she had to do both the roles, which was not at all easy. And yet she did it. And yet the forces tried. There were attempts to hijack the ashram. Shabindu's own nephew wrote a letter that uh, technically the ashram belongs to me. So mother's reply was, come and take it. End of the story. There were at least two attempts, ladies who came saying, we are the real mother. And you can't imagine who were the people who went and believed and went to hear and when mother came to know, said, he too went to hear her. This was the state. There were attacks on the ashram. We know that. 65, there was actual attack on the ashram. Physical attack. These forces thought, Shubindu's mighty, they didn't know that whom has he seated there? His mother of God. Because mother always played that role, being behind, playing tennis. Who can imagine? With Shubindu, they thought, oh, he's sitting in that, you know, that wonder, that majesty. Mother playing with children, going out, teaching in the classroom, playing tennis. They never imagined that who is she. I mean, the devotees, those who were endowed with faith, they knew it. So people went away. There were actual attacks. There were calumnies. Even, you know, before 19... That's why the trust was formed. Because eventually, with you know, India's freedom or Pondicherry's freedom. All these things started during that time. And yet she kept everything together, held back all of them. And then, till the supramental consciousness manifested. Then her mission was over. Then she says that, I have done what you had asked me to do a lot. Tell me more if there is any necessity of mine. Even her own children, she says, it seems that they have grown up. They don't need me anymore. These are her words noted in her diary. And when Dada read these words, he was very, very unhappy. Sorry that, you know, 
we have been so foolish because he came down, just became one of us. So Dada writes that when he reads that in the diary, she says, it seems my children are emancipated. They no longer need my physical presence. It is enough that I am there in their midst as a consciousness. And so she carried all this. But supermind was established upon earth. Manifestation had begun. Then the rest is her yoga. Then what happened in 1973 when she physically withdrew? Very few people know. The most difficult times that ever faced were 1974 to 1978 till the mother's centenary. Auroville was planted. Murderous forces came in to attack, to destroy the work. And during that time, it's a different thing altogether. How I understand it is that all that attack which came into Auroville, the extreme divisive forces, people were hitting each other with a murderous hate. And now people may say many things, but that time, Navjadji, that time chairperson of Shirobindo Society, he took a lot upon himself. That was the reason why he left his body. And ashram was protected because it took it like the whole battlefield was there. <laughs> but they came in. They thought again, not realizing that there is this greater consciousness which is at work. It will use everything. And that's what happened. Mother's centenary. And we all also, I mean, when we pass a resolution saying that uh, after the passing of the mother, departure of the mother, since she is no more there, we have to nominate somebody in her place. This is how, you know, he tried to enter. But the mother had already cautioned. She said, there will be an attempt to turn Shurbindo's great truth into a religion. It will not succeed. All must know. Into a cruel religion. All must know that the Lord is great and compassionate and merciful. And His truth will eventually win the victory. 50-60 years down the line we can see that those days are gone. People who fought with each other became friends. I know some of them personally who came and both parties confessed. Arey, hum aise lade the. Now we are friends. They would come and tell stories. So, when the divine departs, these forces try to rush into the vacuum. They were waiting. They were held besides. And there was a period between 50 and 56 that vacuum had to be filled with the supramental light. Otherwise, they would try all with all their might to enter. And that was the time when her work in the PED and many of these stalwarts came in who were fighters who took upon them to... And that was the time when we understand why Pranabda behaved the way he did. Keep away everything. We want to keep its complete purity. And then, yes, after 56, this vacuum was filled with supramental consciousness the golden waters roll, glimmering from shore to shore. And the bridge was built. The new creation started rolling out. The scheme was started rolling out. Nature accepted the new creation. Inconscient had no choice but to concede. And that's what we see happening today. Over a period of time, the children of today, who are actually the children of tomorrow, coming from the future into the present, and it's they who are going to change the face of earth. Their tread one day shall change the suffering earth and justify the light 
on nature's face. We'll stop here today. Namaste.